Yes, coming in hot with episode 63 of the Football Played on Paper podcast. Um, new song and and a new host. Do we call him a host? I don't know. A cast member, supporting cast week, member. Week member. I'll take guest. Cast, cast, we'll go with cast member on strict probation period. Um, Josh Hiles, how are you, mate? Yeah, good. Thanks, Sean. Really, uh, really excited to be on the podcast. I've been uh, waiting for the call up for a while, to be honest. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, I voted you in. Jobber said no. Um, Barney was a tentative no. So um, yeah, my three votes out outruled them too. So you're in. Uh, <laughs> Jobber, how are you? Yeah, good. I see you've got the the Glazer votes for the shares. Um, yours are worth more more than all the others. No, it's good to have Josh on a strict trial here. I just um, I've put my lighter down and I'm ready to get into it. <laughs> Buddy, how are you? Yeah, good, Sean. Does this mean that I'm off probation now that Josh is <laughs> no, uh, no. on probation? Strictly? Six months. No. Or is that my first official warning? Slight extension to yours, Barn, too. Um, <clears throat> all right, so flavor of this pod. So um, we've got a lot of weekly happenings. There's a fair bit going on. Um, we took pretty much all last week off. Um, but here we are at the foot of uh, Euros 2020 or 2021, depending on which way you want to go. So we're going to whip through these groups. Um, I'm going to drop some knowledge bombs on everyone, um, similar to how I did in the Premier League. Got to pick the top four um, about who's going to go through. Um, so big show. So Jobber, let's go. Weekly happenings. Yeah, it's been a massive week. There's a shitload going on. Um, so Barney, <laughs> look, I'm going to pass over to you first. So I know Real Madrid obviously been quite a bit happening with the Super League and all the players are unhappy. Benzema's back in the France national team. But, but Sergio Ramos is still looking out for the boys, isn't he? Yeah, Ramos is definitely looking out for the boys. He's uh, been doing the dirty on Perez. Uh, so apparently uh, they've been asking a lot of the players to take pay cuts, um, obviously trying to talk to them about, you know, upgrading the stadium, you know, we're losing out to coronavirus. Can you guys take some pay cuts? And Ramos has been calling every player individually to tell them not to accept these pay cuts because they'll only go towards signing Mbappe. And this has caused a uh, massive rift between him and Perez. So, uh, yeah, it's uh, big concerns for Real Madrid and I think this is just Ramos on his way out, just dropping a bomb and then leaving. I think if, if I'm Ramos um, or any other Real Madrid players, I'd, I'd take a little haircut in my pay to bring Mbappe in, propel you back to the top of the league, get you closer to winning the Champions League. It's not the worst deal ever. It's definitely not the uh, standard attitude for a Real Madrid player to, to be willing yeah, to take true. a pay cut, but <laughs> I think... Uh, with Ramos, I think I'm kind of – I don't mind this a little bit. Either way, if he's just on his way out, giving the forks to management on the way out, screwing their plans, that's great. If if they are trying to screw the players over and, and give them a bit of a pay cut to fund bringing in Mbappe, then it's also – he's looking out for the boys. So I uh, I rate this behavior. Aside from the, the rumors about him going to Man United, don't, don't so, appreciate that. So let's, let's, this is a good segue into item two because I know you're all thinking, oh, Ramos, you know, whispering around the players, what are Real Madrid going to do? Carlo's got the answer. So apparently Carlo Ancelotti offered Duncan Ferguson a role at Real Madrid. So Sergio Ramos, he is an absolute beast. I follow him on Instagram and he's built like a brick shit house. But that can only get you so far when Duncan Ferguson's rolling around. Sean, I know you would have been a big fan of this. Duncan Ferguson at Real Madrid, could you see it? I can't. So the first I saw of this was um, some memes and then all of a sudden the story <laughs> come true. So uh, I, I just can't see it. I don't think Dunk wants to go there really um, and I'm not sure Real Madrid is the best fit for him obviously. So I can't really see it happening. At the same time, if you're Big Dunk and Carlo says, hey, how about a little Spanish uh, Spanish son, 
and uh, knock about in Madrid for, let's be honest, not long. He'll be there for 18 months or so. <laughs> well, why wouldn't you do it? So if I'm dunk, I'm doing it. But, I mean, I don't like the move. Is, I think is what, he... about, what about if you get the text message from Carlos saying, oh, Sergio Ramos has sent the text around to the boys. Duncan, can you go sort this out? Who wins? <laughs> oh, no. who, who, who wins? Who wins and no. how quickly does Dunk drop him? <laughs> Dunk drops uh, him early, I think, and yeah. and and um and in swift fashion. I, I can see um Dunk easily taking uh Ramos down. Um, but having said that, I can see um Ferguson and Ramos like having like a really odd relationship where they get really close and become like best mates. Bash brothers. <laughs> yeah. So is Duncan coming in to replace Ramos at centre back? Perhaps <laughs> he, can, he can still do a job. I'm telling yeah. you. Now apparently he he's got his eyes on the Everton job, so yeah. that's the only yeah. reason he said no. I mean, he's always wanted it, right? He's he's never he's just never been given it except in a caretaker capacity. So I think he will like die before he leaves Everton, mm. and he'll be he'll be killed by a number of men but, in the dugout. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> The path between both clubs has been well-travelled. Obviously, you've got Ancelotti doing it. You might have Ferguson doing it. And then, obviously, Gravison. So, Gravison. <laughs> <laughs> Naturally. Still, One of the greats. Still doesn't sit comfortably with me. But, um, no, look, it would be a different falling out. Like, I remember Mourinho's eye poke. Was it on Ted Oval and Over? Just a bit yeah. different. It would be different with Duncan there. But um, yeah. st- sticking with the Spanish theme, so have any of you seen this? This is absolutely insane. So the whole Spain squad is now in isolation because Sergio Busquets tested positive to COVID nineteen. Yeah, this is something that like wasn't front of mind going into the tournament. Like I was going through the teams and seeing like who's got injuries and stuff. England and have got it picked up a few, and that's always a shame to see those big players miss um, big tournaments. And so it was really back of mind until Busquets got COVID. But we could genuinely see um, like teams going deep into the tournament, say quarterfinal, semifinal, and then not having like six year players for the quarterfinal because yeah, COVID runs through your team. So that's that, true. Like, that could like genuinely happen if one of the bubbles gets burst. Yeah, it's a modern day injury, really. Yeah. Yeah, I wonder what sort of protocols they have in for like uh, pushing games back potentially a couple of days, or or how many of your players in your squad have to be like isolated before the game's called off or moved. Be probably something we should have looked up. They no, I, I know the answer to this. They, that's why they extended the squads. The squads are normally twenty three, and they went to twenty six. So um, that that was one of the steps to to do that. And then obviously mm. everyone is, has agreed to certain um, regulations and the. All the games are in – all the group games are all in hubs at the moment. Yeah. And then, so oh, you yeah. don't have to move or, or travel. And then once you get through the group, then um, one side of the draw will go to one area and, and play their brackets through. So you're not going to be doing a lot of moving around. Like the original draw for this had um, had games across like 13 countries or something crazy like that. So. Yeah, that makes sense. I'm, I'm a purist. Just leave it in one spot. Um, I haven't got this Same. in the running order, but <laughs> did anyone see Jeremy Clarkson get punched in the face at the Champions League final? <laughs> Some Man City fan apparently slugged him. Um, anyway, so Barney, <laughs> move, move on. So the next one is um, your segment. So we've given you a segment even though you're on trial, so it might not be ongoing. What's going on with the Poch Watch? <laughs> Don't fuck this up. Uh, Poch. <laughs> Poch Watch rumbles on. It's the story that keeps on giving. So we started the week, this is last week, with uh, – apparently Pochettino told PSGs like, I want to go back to Tottenham. Tottenham were keen as to bring him in and they were working very hard hard on getting him in. Then about two days later, 
Antonio Conte is leading the uh, the charge for the Tottenham managerial role. So Conte um, at the front, Levy's having some positive talks with him. Then they obviously start to talk about Conte's plan going into the season and this is where it all falls apart because uh, Conte asked for a bit of cash and he wanted to get rid of some of the younger players in the squad. Levy wasn't having it and apparently he's not. he wasn't even keen to reinvest uh, the Kane money much more much of it if he was sold. Barney, so, answer, me, answer me a question here, right? Are Tottenham the only big club that still hold panel interviews for managers as opposed to being like, we're going to get Mourinho, so we'll appoint Mourinho? They're the only one that does like an actual interview process. It's like, not a panel. It's just Levy and the other guy in a room. <laughs> it's, it's no it's panel. Like it's a strict criteria. <laughs> now they'll be like, oh, um, what the references have you got? <laughs> and Barney, I've got another question for you. Um, how is Poch actually going to cross the English channel on that jet ski? <laughs> <laughs> Are you talking about my new wallpaper? <laughs> <laughs> new tattoo. Don't worry about the wallpaper. <laughs> Across the hole of the back. So then, so then obviously that broke down and Conte is is not going to be the new Tottenham manager um, and PSG are very unwilling to let Pochettino go as they've openly said many times and we're either going to have to stump up a fair bit of cash or he's going to have to openly quit. Um, and so we ended the week by the only person we signed was a new sporting director, Fabio Petrarchi who funnily enough actually worked with Conte at Juventus. So we're getting there. Next best Good thing. Good signing. He can't play yeah. right back, can he? <laughs> <laughs> well, I hope he plays up front when Kane goes. <laughs> all right. Hello, Roy Hodgson. Um, all right, so the next one is Crystal Palace released a whopping 22 players this week and still do not have a manager. And then the other one is Andy Carroll has been released from Newcastle. See your eyes light up there, Barney. You think he could do a job for Spurs? Well, I'm thinking more that there's 22 spots that just opened up at Crystal Palace. So Andy Carroll's got his pick of the bunch, hasn't he? he surely he could. He could do a job for uh, Frank Lampard, like that's likes that style. He'll be there Frank's next not, season. Frank is not the manager. He will be. He will. Be. <laughs> They've held on to Benteke, so I feel like uh, that role's filled at Crystal Palace. <laughs> what about and them two up front? Do you know what Liverpool yeah. said? Play them together. No, no. Very regrettable. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> but if um, he's going there, is he? If if uh, Ferguson goes with Ancelotti to Real Madrid, I can see Ferguson whispering in Ancelotti's ear, "Get rid of that Benzema bloke, huh? It's one on top. <laughs> Big Andy, huh? He's Andy. free. Big Andy. <laughs> we'll just lump it long and play like that. The Spanish Burnley. Finally. Yeah, so he's like, oh, oh, yeah, all right, all right, done. All right, yeah. <laughs> All right, so next one is next one in the running order. Has anyone seen the CONCACAF final? So these are this is probably yeah. the, the Premier Cup competition in the world. Josh, did you get a look at this and just the absolute scenes that came from this? Yeah, so I, I caught quite a few of the highlights just uh, sort of leading up to the show this evening, and I think there's still plenty more for me to uncover. Um, it was absolutely insane. Um, it, a lot of it was seemed like... America were kind of overreacting to themselves winning this tournament. They've never done that before. <laughs> seem to think they've won world sports all of a sudden. I think the quote when the when uh, Pulisic put in that penalty to win it was uh, a golden star in a golden era at the start of a golden era or something ridiculous like that. Like, uh, yeah, a bit, a bit over the top, but you expect it from an American commentator. Um, I do enjoy watching the comment the the highlights with American commentators. It, it just seems so foreign. <laughs> they do. They do have a real different look about it. And then Pulisic with the penalty, and he's like, he said like top D net or something. And I had to look it up, and <laughs> yeah. came, came back with nothing. I still don't do. know what he hit. 
American commentators do use just slightly off words uh, mm. relating to to soccer and football. It's like um like they'll say like he scored the shot and like mm. I, don't, I don't know it's just not quite on the money to what you used to hearing. It just doesn't sit right in my ear. No. All right. So the next one was a big one. So I know Sean, you had um big hopes here for Marcus Rashford, but Kevin De Bruyne has won the PFA Player of the Year. Are you surprised by this? I am a bit surprised by this because he, he missed a lot of football at the start of the year through injury. Um, and then obviously that was when Gundogan was in the team and, and did really well in De Bruyne's spot. But yeah, so firstly, missed a lot of football. And then I think if you're Harry Kane, you get top goal scorer and you get the most assists, but then you don't win player of the year. Seems That seems a bit harsh, I think. Yeah, who so, votes on this one? Uh, players. It's a right, it is no, the players, the players yeah. It is, yeah. That's, PFA, that's yeah, PFA awards. The, the players voted. Um, but, yeah, I think if, if I'm Harry, I'm feeling hard done by. Um, I thought De Bruyne was good. Maybe a bit of recency bias when the players vote. Yeah, maybe. I'd and, say Harry was robbed. Yeah. Mm. What about Mo what Money, Mo Salah? Like, oh, no. Nah. He wouldn't have been the best player. <laughs> and that's coming from a Liverpool supporter as well. I hate that, yeah. I'm like, just I hate don't, that. don't even consider him anymore. All right, nah. so the next one is the Genie Wine Eldam saga. So this is a genuine saga. This isn't this potch watch crap that, Barney, you've been hanging on to. This is the real yeah, deal. That's on so this legs. is a man <laughs> verbally committing to a deal and then going, you know what, someone's offered me double and I'm off to Paris. Bonsoir. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can add a bit of a potch watch conspiracy theory spin to this one. I was reading. Hey, there's no conspiracies in potch watch. It's oh, all sorry. legit well, my rumors. Mistake. So I was reading about uh, sort of someone, and probably was, I probably got into a bit of clickbait to be honest. But they were talking about a Klopp, like talking about a potential replacement because he's become a, quite a fan of the four two three one. So they want to get a bit more of an attacking player in, and they mentioned the name Rafinha from Leeds United, Ooh. which. I wouldn't be opposed to, but apparently then they go on to say that Leeds aren't interested in selling and it would cost a lot of money and it's probably not going to happen. So you'd never know, though. No, the, but, but, but Big Genie in the ultimate betrayal. Um, what do you think of that, Sean? You, this this strikes me as your sort of move. <laughs> no, the the I've got no problem with um, Genie in, in this in this situation. What I'm shocked by is um, PSG's negotiating skills. <laughs> so Barca so Bar- Bar- <laughs> come out with, um, you can have, what, 160 or something like that? And then PSG are like, oh, we'll give you 300. And I'm like, what? <laughs> How do you go from there to that? Like just no concept of money or ben- um, any sort of negotiating skills. Like just, yeah, double it straight out of the gate. <laughs> PSG are new money, so they're not they're not used to this yeah. throwing around the big wages yet. Yeah. So, so there's a bit of history. There's a bit of history there. So everyone knows that PSG hate Barcelona based on when they tried yeah. to sign um, Neymar. Neymar. Yeah. No. No. They tried to sign Verratti, and um, then they were like, "Oh, you can't do that." And they're like, "Oh, yes, we can." So like, "All right, we'll buy Neymar's buyout clause for 222 yeah, okay. million. Everyone's yeah. like, "This is outrageous." Yeah, yeah. So now that like I love that you can be that wealthy. And that, that petulant. Yeah, <laughs> spiteful. Just like, oh, fuck it, we'll double it. <laughs> yeah. I, I think I think isn't that like part of being that rich is that it makes it so much easier to be petty because you can just do shit like that and just I'll double your wages, come here, and then sit you on the bench for half the season. Yeah, yeah he goes, I'll get him double his wages. What was his, what was his name again? Plays where? <laughs> oh, don't worry about it. Yeah. Good on you, Barca. All right, so next one, transfer chat to um, – uh, Gianluigi Donnarumma has said that he's leaving AC Milan. So this is a, a big one because he's a youngster come through, been first-team keeper since he's like 16. Um, and he's on his way out. Where's he off to next? Josh, I'm going to throw over to you. 
I did see uh, a bit sick of it, but I, I saw uh, United and Chelsea being thrown around the names, which isn't surprising, but bores me to tears because anytime any players like rumored about leaving or anything like that, it, when they talk about the Premier League, it's always Chelsea and Man United, and uh, it's just it gets a bit old. The the a move to Man United makes sense because mm. I think they're in the market for a keeper. Um, they need Henderson, Henderson, yeah, Henderson's but, number one, yeah. But to go, yeah, it's Rose. But to go to Chelsea seems a bit odd. I mean, Chelsea got Gepper. Like, it, no. it's always the case with those <laughs> two clubs. Rose. Though it, it never makes sense for either of those clubs because they've always they've always got so many big names and signings that they just seems like they're just sort of flexing their cash a bit. Yeah, I no, bet, I'm, I'm going with... Juve. I reckon is my money. Yeah, yeah no, right. The serious thing about Chelsea is um, Mendy is obviously there, and he's had a, a great um, great season. Um, and, mm. and done really well. And, like, I, you keep hearing records of all these clean sheets and stuff like that. Um, and his save percentage is really high too. So I think it would be an odd move for Chelsea. I think that's just probably just lazy journalism, just linking those two. Yeah, yeah. that may oh, absolutely. Some he's got to go somewhere where he's going to be lazy guaranteed first-team football because he's he's coming from a team where he's been playing first-team football since he was 16. So he's, he's not going to go somewhere where he could possibly be second choice. Nah. Yeah. No. All right. So look, let's 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 move on. So I I don't know where he's going to go, but we will find out in the coming days. But I want to get into this opening question. So I've got a bit of cup nostalgia this week, um, and I've skipped over the under twenty ones because I don't even know who plays anymore. Jesse Lingard's over twenty one. So, <laughs> boys, got the nostalgia. I'm going to throw it to you first, Sean. What's your favourite tournament ever, and why? <sighs> Big list. Um, the first one I actually remember was um, USA 94. That's my first, like, memories of a big Shit, tournament. Shit, you're old. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, I don't look it, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. you look every bit 30, huh? <laughs> yeah. Like, your glass <laughs> of 30 is full. Like, you're <laughs> right on the edge. You're, like, over-tipping on 30. Anyway, I don't. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> tournament would be, I think it's a, um, last World Cup, 2018. I'll your minds back. England, come up, first tough game. Tunisia, mug them off 2-1, done. On to the next one. Panama, ooh, big fixture. Don't worry, 6-1, mug them off. Big fixture. This is the shittest tournament of all Then on to Belgium. We'll give them that. We'll rotate our team and and give them that. But, um, no, like England um, did rather well. Was lucky with the draw, but I think, um, like, just the whole vibe around the the team that year was, was really good and... My highlight and the moment where I thought, holy shit, we can actually win a World Cup here was uh, when Tripp scored that free kick in the semi. I was like, oh, my God, this could actually happen. But uh, that was nice. Not, not yeah. true to form. Um, England found a way to crash out. So, um, But just for that moment, just that little moment where you think, holy shit, Hope. we can win the World Cup. Hope's the worst thing they can give you. So, Barney, oh, what about you? Is it, the, um, is it the Dutch 98? Imagine. <laughs> <laughs> no, for me, it would uh, it would have to be South Africa 2010 World Cup. I think, um, you know, first first African World Cup, which is fantastic. And uh, I think one of the big highlights of the of the tournament, Vuvuzela. So we first got to meet the Vuvuzela. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. massive one for me. I mean, the first game was Mexico South Africa. And it was like three all, and there were like two goals of the tournament in that first match. Like it was an outstanding way to start the the tournament, um, and then uh, the final as well was Spain getting up and winning their first uh, major tournament ever, which was huge for them. And that was uh, – I think overall it was a great tournament, very exciting, 
very good vibe going around the, the whole tournament. Um, I did get brought back to earth a little bit though when I looked up on Wikipedia at, and I was just looking back at some of the memories and the first section is bribery and corruption. Yeah. So <laughs> that was a nice reminder of FIFA and the good people behind the behind that association. Wouldn't be a World Cup otherwise. All right, so Josh, <laughs> exactly. o- Josh, over to you. And remember, you are on trial, so it better be good. Yeah, I'm going to go off the international scene because I find that quite boring a lot of the time. But I'm going to obviously... <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> wow. <laughs> the, the World Cup as a tournament as a whole is always great. Atmosphere, watching the games and stuff. But I'm going to go to uh, 2006 FA Cup final, <laughs> just specifically for one game only that was really brought it home for me. So... This was, I'm trying to think. So I would have been like 13. Yeah, 13. And I think this was the first time I almost cried from happiness. I didn't know that. I, I You know, you see people doing it and I never understood how someone could be that happy. They, they'd almost, they'd cry. As a 13-year-old boy, seeing Steven Gerrard hit that 40-yard volley along the carpet, about a centimeter off the ground to score that equalizing goal was, I, I, I had chills. And um, just that whole game from that that guy was just unreal. And I think that was like the the moment when I sort of, he became like my guy. I was a big Michael Owen fan before that, um, but obviously he mugged us off for Real Madrid. And then that that with the the performance in the Champions League the year prior, to, to see Stevie G's heroics of scoring the, the double and just battling all game, digging deep, uh, that, that, yeah, that was a real... That was a real good one for me. That's good. That's a nice segue in because um, he couldn't do it on the international stage, Gerard. So nah, I'm, yeah, I'm that's why I clear. Yeah, I'm going to take us yeah. back to um, my <laughs> my favourite World Cup was World Cup 98. So um, that as a tournament just had everything. So I don't know if you remember back as far as Shearer, Shearer and Owen starting up top, the like basically Michael Owen bursting Ooh. onto the world stage with uh, that yep. goal. Argentina, yeah. Yep, Argentina. Shearer smacking home a peno. But you also had like... France being majestic the whole way through. Zidane turned up for the tournament. The Brazil team was unbelievable. You had um, real Ronaldo getting in there, Romario at the peak of his powers. I think he was about goal 10,000 at this stage, so early days. Davos <laughs> um, Suka coming through, scoring goals. Batistuta for Arsenal. Like, it was just unbelievable. Adji. And then Georgie <laughs> Adji. Yeah, Romania, Romania at the peak. This is Post the Cold War, everything was going on. You got the loud drops. Um, and then my favorite moment of the whole tournament was Lillian Churam scoring a double. So I don't know how many goals he scored throughout his career, probably less than 10. But he in bagged semi, a double against, yeah, in the semi against Croatia. Unbelievable. Um, Sean, you have something to say? Yeah, I just I thought it was odd that um, no one mentioned um, Oceana 2010 when uh, New Zealand beat Bahrain 1 0. But anyway, <laughs> well. <laughs> I remember I remember us pipping the Cook Islands in the Confederations Cup. I thought that was a classic too. All right, so look, <laughs> let's get into a boy. So we're going to do a bit of a La run Toma. through. La Toma. I actually saw highlights of that yesterday. It came up in my news feed. Um, all right, so let's get into a boy. So we're going into the Euro preview. So we're going to start. Where else will we start but Group A? Makes so what, sense. Do, what do you make of this one, boys? So Barney, I know you're quite excited about the Turkish team. Yilmaz had a hell of a year at Lille. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I actually um, have got a bit on Turkey here. I reckon they might um, get out of this group. I think they've got uh, a few, like their big players like Sionchu, Yilmaz and Chen Gongulu are all coming off massive seasons, um, probably like almost career seasons for each of them. So they've got some really good players coming to form and they sort of built that out with a sort of nice Turkish core around those players. Um but yeah, and they've also got their most successful coach ever at the helm who actually took them to third in the 2002 World Cup. 
So they finished their warm-up games with a nice smashing of Liechtenstein, 7-0. So good little confidence boost coming into the tournament. But, uh, yeah, I, I like the look of Turkey as a bit of a dark horse. Um, another big one in this group, uh, obviously Italy. Or what we all wow. know they'll be solid. Oh, no, no, no. No, I don't think so. Italy, again, another tournament a team that will be solid throughout the whole tournament. And they've only lost twice in the past three years. Mm. Uh, and they top their obviously top their qualification group because of that. So they're looking good. But I actually think this is a bit of a a um, tough group to get out of. Like the difference between the best team in this group and the worst is not as big as some of the other groups. Like it's quite closely uh, closely spread, I think. Yeah, but um, I I think the same, Barn. I think it's it's nice and tight in this group. And like mm. if any team won it, you wouldn't be shocked by that. But that's why I think this game, this group would be easy to qualify out of because the third best third place teams um, go through. I think there's four best third place teams can go through. So I think there's a good chance in this group that one the third place will go through because um, chances are they'll get sort of between three and six points and that'll that'll get you um, into that third place spot to go through. So I think three teams will go through from Group A. Especially with like the... Good teams taking points off each points other. Off each other, and so yep. if you end up with four right. points, I think you'll go through in this group. Yeah, it makes sense. So, all right, boys, so I'm interested in this one because I think Italy are a dark horse. I think they'll defend very well, but I'm worried about um, what they've got up top. Immobile should score goals, but Sean, what about Wales? Can Wales get out of this group? And is this Gareth Bale's swan song? Are the rumours to be believed? Yeah, no, I have heard that, that um, he's actually going to hang them up completely um, after this tournament. And they, he was asked about that in the presser not so long ago and he said he didn't, didn't want to make any um, announcements or anything like that. Um, he'd rather just play to the tournament because he thinks that that'll sort of take the spotlight. So I don't know what to sort of read into that. Potentially that means that he actually does have an announcement because if the announcement was, oh, I'm just going to play on, like that's not that shocking for a 33-year-old sort of who's done it is for, it is for done as well Bale. as he has. But I, I, I'm trying to remember how well did he get on um, with Ancelotti when Ancelotti was at, well, at Real. Or hasn't he said that he's crossover? he's willing to talk to Ancelotti about his future? Yeah, I've read been reading that recently since Ancelotti's been announced. He's actually he might have done a bit of a U turn on on his on his career. Yeah, so I think I think he's a chance to um, yeah to go back to Real Madrid. Like obviously, if Zidane was there, he wouldn't go back. Um, but I think he's a genuine chance, and that's an option now. If um, if he doesn't want to stay at Spurs or they don't extend the loan, but yeah, I don't mind Wales' squad. I mean, Joe Roden, um, and then you've got Danny Ward from Leicester. Um, he's a good third choice goalkeeper for them. <laughs> um, and then, no, but it, like to be honest, everything will go through uh, through Bale up top. So Bale will probably play through the middle or um, on the right to, to cut in. So. Yeah, they'll obviously look to him. But as, as I said earlier, I don't think I'd be surprised if Wales did rather well um, in this group and got through and even topped it. Uh, so you're Ooh, saying if, if, Wales, if Wales win the Euros, Gareth Bale's going to retire is basically what I got out of that. <laughs> you heard it here first. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. There you go. I can say that because right, they're so, not going to go that so Who's going to top the group? Give me Everyone just give me a quick one. Italy. Who tops the group? Italy. Italy. Turkey. I've got Italy to go through on top, Wales second, and I think Turkey will go through in one of those third place. So no one rates Switzerland. I, I rate Switzerland. Yeah, I can Switzerland a hard side to beat, mm. I think. Neutral. I think they're a top 10 at the moment in the world. 
Yeah, Switzerland. I think I'm the same. I'm the same as you, Barney. I think they're hard to beat. I think Turkey, Turkey are definitely the wild card in this group. Like they have some yeah. high quality players who are in good form. So you want to not so much, but definitely Yilmaz. Well, um, if I cup winner. Uh, yeah, no, we we know who he is. Um, but I think I think yeah, I think Switzerland's a bit of a dark horse as well, and they're always sides that you want to avoid, like in the groups. Mm. They get two of them. Mm. No great players. No no terrible players though. No, exactly. Yeah, um, exactly. So I think it'll be really interesting to see what happens there, and obviously Dan James for Wales, but I think Wales are going to finish bottom of the group just because Gareth's not really who he was. Yeah, yeah, I think so as well. Yeah, right. If you look outside of like Bale, Ramsey, and like Roden, like their squad is pretty average. And they like don't. And Ryan Giggs, a lot like, of guys feel in shirt. I say you want to jump in with Dan James. Yeah, <laughs> Ryan Giggs is almost in jail. I've started with a caretaker manager. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I I don't harbour ambitions for Wales. Um, I think we're pretty close to a consensus there, Sean. You've got your um your England hat on a little bit because you consider them a suburb of England. Um, but all right, look, let's let's move on to Group B. So this one seems a little bit more straightforward. So you got Belgium, Denmark, Finland, Russia. What do you like about this group, Sean? Uh, well, again, I think this one um, is nice and tight Out, outside of Belgium. I think we can probably all agree that Belgium will likely go through on top. They've got a couple of yeah. injuries that, which they need to worry about. Um, Kevin De Bruyne, um, broken orbital. Um, so, that yeah, he definitely won't be playing in the in the first game and that could even cost him um, a bit deeper into the tournament and he's likely to be playing with the Zorro mask on. So uh, nice. keep an eye out for that. Hazard, he's had a, obviously a stop-start season for Real Madrid and he's not 100% fit um, either. So, yeah, I think they're probably the two worries for Belgium. Um, a nice win against uh, Croatia um, last night, 1-0. Um, Lukaku getting the goal. Um, they're pretty much full strength outside of um, of Kevin De Bruyne and Hazard there. Um, Tillman's pulling the strings. Um, so, yeah, I think we can all agree Belgium will probably go through on top. And then I genuinely think you can throw a blanket over these next three teams. No, I, I, I think Finland. Denmark Denmark will be the second second spot is be sewn up by them, I think. Yeah. Finland... Like this, this is their first time they've ever qualified for the Euro, so they're already partying. They're just happy to be. Um, and Russia, I think we've got a bit of tournament bias with them from their run at the World Cup, the last one. I mean, they were hosts, so one the hosts hosted. always have this aura about them where they mm. can just somehow make it to like the quarters or further. Plus, um, Bruce. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think we'll see some good Brucey football from those boys, just lobbing it up to Zuba up front. He'll be knocking it down to Golovin. Um, but yeah, I mean, they've still got Yuri Zerkov running things at left back <laughs> was, at thirty-seven. That was, I looked at the squad, and that was the first name I noticed, and I was like, Jesus Christ, he's he'd be almost forty. So their left backs thirty-seven, their right backs thirty, and they and they got some old boys in the middle. They are they are aging terribly. You always put your most, front. Ex- your most experienced players on the wings, though, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> Solidify the wings. Yeah, but I, I think Denmark clearly second, uh, and then Finland, Russia, just. Yeah, not not really getting a look in at all. Timo Puki not going to get it done. He'll get a couple, but he's 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 not not a not the, the best. championship player. Yeah, good. but yeah. he's built he's built for he's built for not being in a good team and scoring goals. And I feel like that's so important at these types of tournaments. Like if they can pinch a couple one nil. Mm. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, we've just lost all our Norwich listeners. So yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Sam. I got really right, so, so who's going who's going through on top, boys? Give me a quick one, and then who's who's not nope. going through. I'm going to go Belgium through, and I'm going to um, surprise packet Finland are going to go next. Okay, it's a Belgium. party. 
Yeah, I go Belgium on uh, through, and uh, I'll probably go with Denmark too, but close with Russia just behind them. Mm. Yeah, Don't Belgium, Denmark got... for me. Belgium, Denmark, no, yeah. no doubts. Double what about you? You can't, you can't go past us, Michael. No, 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 not the Euros. Which one? Mate. You know, do you know what happened last time? Michael was at the Euros. Exactly, baby. Oh, 92, Barney. Shut your stupid face. Um, yeah, I'm going. I'm going Belgium. I'm going Belgium and Denmark. I'm going another Schmeichel. Just like Denmark riding it again. They're going through. Do a history check after this, Barney, and see what happened in 92. Yeah, we weren't right. born in 92. You- we will check that though. Have you seen who's first off the bench at centre back for Belgium as well? No. Toby. Thomas Vermalen, currently playing for Vissel Kobe in Japan. <laughs> oh, he'd be on a. His, his legs gave up years ago. <laughs> <laughs> right. So they got Vertongen, Vermalen, and Artaverel at, at, in the back line. So I think, yeah, that'll probably undo Belgium um, later in the tournament, but not in the group. I, th- I think Danae, Danae has been starting, but and Thomas Vermalen's just a spiritual leader. Yeah. Um, yeah. They, they played half each. Um, last <laughs> Did Vermalen get through a whole half? Yeah, that's, that's impressive. Yeah. All right, so look, let's move on. So um, Group C, so this one's fairly interesting as well. There's Austria, Netherlands, North, Ma- North Macedonia, who are a bit of a surprise packet. Goran Pandev still running around with your haircut, Barney. And oh. the Ukraine, <laughs> led by Zinchenko. Barney, who do you like in this group? Uh, I I obviously like the Netherlands. They, um, yeah, I mean, they do have a tendency to sort of not turn up and and slightly implode. And with Frank DeBoer at the helm, like that's very, very good chance of that happening. Um, it's still a very young squad. They've got some good guy, uh, good leaders in there, um, some of the older boys. Jeannie Wijnaldum just got new contracts. He's buzzing. Uh, their goalkeeping position is a big concern for me. It's like between Stecklenburg and Tim Krull, and you don't want to pick either of those blokes, but that's who you've got to choose between. Um, another interesting point I thought was Sven Botman, who is probably one of the best centre backs in League One last season for Lille, uh, got picked for the under twenty ones and didn't make it into the the first team squad where he probably would have been starting, which is I thought was very surprising. But biggest question for Netherlands: Will Donny start? Who's yeah. who's going to be at the back for Netherlands then? Oh, I think uh, they're going to go with um, De Lit. In the middle with Ake, oh, yeah. um, Blin, he can play on the left or right. Um, and then, yeah, I think depending on where you put um, Blin, you'll choose from there. Probably Van Aanholt will go. Denzel, uh, Denzel yeah, yeah. Dumfries will play on the right and he's angling for a move as well. Um, he's in, I think he's with PSV. He'll play out in the right. He's quite team. quick. He's good. Um, yeah, I, I actually think they'll go with Delit and Blind, but it's pretty hard on DeVrage. But they seem to like Daily Blind. He's like a real... Footballer's footballer, like you can play anywhere. Wise head, yeah. yeah he's a wise very head. smart footballer. Very he's, smart. he's old man. Was, used to captain them too. So there you go. Yeah, yeah. But I, and there's just so much potential there in the midfield, like Frankie De Jong um, and Donny Van Der Beek. I don't think we'll get a game, but you will see Ryan Gravenberg <laughs> and Jenny Wijnaldum. Like, so they do seem to have a lot of footballs, but I feel like they just they seem a little bit green and naive and yeah. a bit soft. Yeah. yeah. Well, they're, they're like, obviously missing Van Dyke. That that really stiffens yeah. them up. Yeah, fired up. Yeah, yeah. They just seem very, very like, very much like a Dutch league, like just like good footballing team, but like in a you know going deep into like a Champions League tournament, right? Like a little soft, like doesn't have yeah, a strong core. I've got my doubts about Memphis Depay being able to do it 
at the Euros yeah. as well. Like, you know, he's, he's done a great job in League One, went to the Premier League, didn't work out. But, like, I don't know. Can he, can he yeah. do it on a big stage? I don't know. And uh, with the injuries and stuff. And he's angling um, for a move as well. Keep an eye out for um, De Jong coming off the bench, some scoring goals too. Done it for Sevilla for years. Oh, so. Luke. Oh, Luke. Luke, yeah. Luke. Yeah. yeah. I thought yeah. you took about Frankie. And I'm like, why the hell is he on the bench? <laughs> <laughs> and the bigger Frankie question is, can Zinchenko carry Ukraine out of the group? I think that's the question we're all asking. Who? Zinchenko? Zinchenko. Put him in the center midfield. I think you were saying the other day that that's his preferred but, position. Now they've got they've got a wild card the Ukraine. So their manager is Andrei Shevchenko. So oh, who better? Geez, they've got that, that legendary status that they can only. look to. Yeah, but if you look over at the bench and you're like, oh, we're struggling. You know, Zinchenko sucks. Well, hang on, look over to the bench. There's a shining <laughs> beacon of humanity. Former AC Milan striker Andrei Shevchenko, Abramovich's favorite Done player. Done it all. Yeah, yes, he's been there. He's done it. Like, um, yeah. So I actually think I actually think they're going to go through in this group. But the other thing is in this yeah, group is um, Austria. I feel like Austria's got a couple of players in there, like Alaba, Anatovic. Like they could do some damage. Yeah, they got mugged off by England in one of the friendlies <laughs> earlier on, one um, 0 So I don't like <laughs> that. Don't like off their chances. Um, no, I think we can all agree Netherlands will go through, and I think um, North Macedonia might go second. Oh, like Ooh. an underdog. I really want to watch North Macedonia just to see Goran Pandev rock out, rock out 37, captain, most cap player, top goal scorer in their short history as a country uh, and spiritual leader. But, no, I think I think it's going to be Netherlands, Ukraine going through. Yeah, I hope they just have a good time. Yeah. Enjoy it. <laughs> Who, who's going through? Enjoy it, Goran. Who's going through? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, got, I got Netherlands one and Austria number two with a close Ukraine behind. Yeah, okay. Sean? No. Uh, yeah, sure? I've I've got Netherlands to go through, and then North Macedonia to oh, finish second. Aliowski, yeah, your boy Aliowski. I was giving you another chance. Um, so no, so it's Netherlands and um, Austria is going to go through for me. So Group D. So this is the big one here: um, Croatia, <laughs> Czech Republic, England, and the mighty Scots, led by Scott McTominay. So obviously Scotland's going through. Scotland's going through first. Sean, what else is interesting about this group? Uh, yeah, well, there's been a lot made of um, England's four right-backs now cut down to three, three. so Gareth's really going to have to make his decision there. Um, but how about the left-backs for Scotland too? Yeah, I know, right? How quality. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And so I think what, yeah. what Scotland's been doing is playing a back three so you can get two of them in there. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, Robinson's been playing um, as a wing-back and then you've got Tierney playing on the left-side centre-back, so... Um, yeah, they, they sort of shoehorning um, players in. And Scotland are very much in that, um, well, let's choose our best 11 players and then force them into a formation. Yeah. Um, I rate that. <laughs> They're good yeah. players. They can do it. It's what England did for years and it worked it, out so well. Yeah, England's golden generation did it to, um, to a great extent. So, yeah, I, I really enjoyed that from the Scots. But I think this will be, be an interesting group. I kind of see this one being similar to Group A where I think you're going to see a third-place team go through on this um, mm. group based on those t- those teams taking points off each other um, and someone ending up with a, a four-pointer and, and going through as the best place third team. So, yeah, I definitely see that happening. But the interesting thing with um, England, I think, is um, there's a lot of talk about not being able to get all their sort of front players in as well. So, yeah, the it's widely agreed upon that sort of Mount, 
Foden and Grealish, only two of those three can play in the first team. Who so, do you go for? I think you go with Mount and Grealish. Oh, not Foden. No Foden. Yeah, really? I think, well, Gareth tends to pick Mount all the time. Um, so I think there's a fair chance that he'll go in. Grealish has played um, 90 minutes in each of the last Eng- England's two fixtures and done really well. He got man of the match last game as well. Um, so I think Phil might miss out, unfortunately. Because of the haircut, isn't it? It's that fringe. It's too tight. <laughs> it just comes whacked. Like, it's like Ronaldo no. circa 2002. Yeah. <laughs> just oh, with the back still on. Wouldn't you love to see that? Yeah. Um, yeah. Actually, no. It's a good. It's a good problem to have for Gareth, isn't it? But I, I do agree with you. I think um, Phil Foden misses out and he comes on later in the game because Jack Grealish has just been so so impressive in so the last good. couple of games. So you impressive. can't not play him. And obviously, Marcus Rashford was captain the other day as well. So great news for Marcus. But I just want to. I just want to touch on the Scots briefly. So I feel like England. England is like it's like the Premier League playing against the Championship, but. The Premier yeah. League players are going to be so much better. But, geez, I tell you what, I reckon the Scots will be up for it. They love they, a battle. They do love a battle. If, if, Scotland, <laughs> if Scotland could beat England, that would make my tournament, I think. I reckon Scot- if it rains the night before the game, it's Scotland's match. Scotland were raining. built on adversity. So this yeah. is this prime for them <laughs> uh, to upset England. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think for sure. <laughs> any, chance, any chance of Andy Robertson coming out in the, um, the face paint? In like a Braveheart top scenario. Yeah, just kill. On a, he'll wear a horse. I'll ride a horse out probably too. I'd love, to, I'd love to see him absolutely fold someone in the first couple of minutes too just to really <laughs> set the tone. But yeah. in all seriousness, boys, we've also got the Czech Republic and uh, a Luka Modric-led Croatia in this group. Czech Republic and Croatia are always two teams. I feel like Turkey and Switzerland where you're like, oh, I wish they weren't in my group because they're always potentially a banana You never skin. know, eat tournament to tournament, if they're going to pop up or not. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, 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 I think I feel like Croatia's really started to push up into that top tier of teams. Like when you when you look at like going through, like I put like Switzerland, Denmark, sort of Austria, and maybe a couple others in that like sort of big B, B grade, just below A tier. And then I'd probably put Croatia in the top. Like, I mean, you can see see they did the England last tournament and the run they went on. Like, they're a good chance to finish first in this group, um, and. Yeah, I could easily see them finishing first. Czech Republic, I don't know if they got enough to get past someone like England as well. Maybe that West Ham link up of Sojek and Kufal can uh, can bring them some greatness. But with the rest of the squad, I I uh, I can't see it happening. Um, yeah. But yeah, I've I've got Croatia and England to go through for me. See, I worry about um, Croatia's legs in the midfield. Like um, I can just see um, teams like um, England and Scotland just outworking. Croatia um, through the middle, like Luka yeah. Modric, um, Brozovic, and um, Kovacic. Oh, Kovacic, the Chelsea lad. Yeah, I just yeah. think that they're going to get yeah absolutely smashed um, if if you can overload the midfield and and get runners going past them. I think they'll they'll be in trouble. Um, and then so I, like I see Croatia getting through the the group, but just not going too deep into the tournament. I think Vida is a bit of a liability at the back there. Oh, um, the worst <laughs> head in football. Yeah. My God, he's bad, ugly. Bad haircut. Um, and, yeah, I mean, he's just he's just got a, a rick in him as well, I think. So, I think, 
yeah, I don't see Croatia going too deep into the tournament based on um, their how many goals that they'll probably concede. Um, and I think defence will probably win this tournament. You look at most of the big tournaments and the team that goes on to win it doesn't actually score that many goals but doesn't concede a whole lot either. So that's what I think will trip Croatia up. But I see them getting through the group. I mean, it's so, Vita and Lovren at the back. Yeah. There. Like, it's a risky oh, backline. Yeah. But is that more risky than Mings and Stones? Yeah, but Mings isn't going to start. It's going to be oh, Harry. <laughs> it was, Harry's might be injured, so Mings could get a call up. And he was absolutely honking the other day. Yeah. Jesus. again. Harry was shocking. Um, Harry won't start. Stones will start. And I think Ben White will play. Um, he just yeah. came in, didn't he? What yeah, about he, Cody was, he, was, he was in the big squad, though. He was in the larger squad. Yeah, and then he come in for Alexander Arnold, and um, he played last night and played ninety and was looked Rolls Royce. He looked really good. Um, unfortunately for Liverpool fans, he won't see the um, crossover of Trent Alexander and Alexander Arnold on the right and Robinson on the left going off against each other. That's all right. It's probably for the best. I'm, I'm, I was just wondering: is is Connor Cody yet a look in at England? Yeah, well, he's I feel, in the I squad. Feel like he should have. He should have been Second. next in line. Like after uh, before Harry Mings, went down, if you're asking yeah, before me, before Mings yeah. and before White, like Connor Cody's yeah. better footballer than them. He's so a le- he's like a leader too. He was named in the squad um, yeah. and was there before all of the um, the three clubs who had players. I think there were seven or nine players coming in from um, European finals. Um, he was there the whole time and he hasn't featured in the two um, practice games that England have had so far. He's played no minutes, so okay, I, I can't see him him starting. Yeah. He's practicing for the late games when um, Gareth decides it's Cody 80 yarder onto the cane head. If England play get around the back. If England play a three, um, he'll he'll come in. But it, well, since they've been playing a two and four at the back, um, yeah, I I can't see him starting. Yeah, underrated yeah. ball player. But I'm I think Croatia is going to beat England and top this group. Um, Barney, what do you <laughs> think? Yeah, I agree. Croatia top this group. England come through second. Wow. But have you seen what? Uh, so the team that comes second in this group has to play the team first from a different group. But the winner of this group has to play um, second from the group of death. So I'd almost want to finish second in this group. Like some of those teams you may be facing if you finish first in this group is not what you want to be playing. Are you like suggesting like a French women's tennis scenario here where you go wide <laughs> with a couple of serves? Um, I think it's match fixing was what they I think Yeah, collusion, I think. Like they yeah. call it in French, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the formal term. <laughs> I got England top in the group uh, probably and uh, Croatia just behind. I'd love to see Scotland do something, but I don't know. It's a tough group. Mm, what do you reckon, Sean? England will win all three. Croatia will come in <laughs> second and then the Sweaties will finish third and the Czechs at the bottom. <laughs> oh. That'd be good. I really hope Scotland do England. All right, so let's move on to the <laughs> At Wembley next. as well. Oh, right, right in the guts of it. Um, all right, so the next one is Group A. So we've got Poland, Slovakia, um, potentially Spain, not 100% confirmed at this point, and uh, Zlatan Ibrahimovic, less Sweden. Ozzy, who do you like in this one? You look like a Swede. Oh, I pre- <laughs> I'm going to take that as a compliment, actually. I think you would have complexion. Yeah, you would have said uh, Spain, obviously, before the recent news. Uh, but now, <laughs> uh, look, I don't see – I don't know what's going to happen with the rules around COVID. I don't see it affecting the tournaments to the point where Spain can't field a decent team and still qualify. So I'm going to put them going through. And uh, P- Poland, probably the other team for me, if I had to pick two. Barney, um, what do you reckon? So 
Robert Lewandowski is obviously the big wild card in this draw. Like he could just tear all those defenses apart. I mean, you could not leave him or his magnificent calves out of this chat. Like he he was I saw him warm like warming up in training the other day and he did some ridiculous piece of skill. And I was like, Far out, I can't believe this bloke's like thirty four. And he's just coming into his prime now. He's unreal. He's a specimen, but, isn't he? Yeah, I, he's a yeah real he, specimen. he really is. He really is. It's uh, yeah. I think Poland are a bit of a bit of another one of those dark horse teams in this tournament. I mean, they made the quarters last Euros, um, and they could potentially make it there, maybe a little bit further with them. They've got the potential to. Um, I think Sweden. It's disappointing that we don't get to see Zlats return. He uh, unfortunately misses out because he's uh, injured, like he has been all season. Because he's um, thirty-eight but- years old. Um, but he was he was replaced by uh, Jordan Larson, who is the son of the great Henrik Larson. Mm-hmm. So that was, uh, that was just a nice little touch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I do I do love a good narrative. I sense what's going on here. Uh, Spain for me, you reckon there could be a bit more squad harmony with no Real Madrid players, just all Barca running running things in there. But, uh, there he goes. Yeah, <laughs> but um, I don't know. For me, for me, they're going to go either way, one of two ways. They're either going to go really sort of under the radar and go really deep into the tournament, or they will massively implode. I think it's going to go one of two ways. Yeah, I, I agree. I think Spain will do one one of those two things. Um, but it's good, like that the, they can bring in just some, uh, you know, reinforcements at the back from France, just like that. So that's good. <laughs> yeah, very handy. That left France. the worst taste in my mouth. Couldn't yeah, tell from that. when you brought it up in the pod. No, I'm sick no. of him. Actually, I'll have another go at him. No, what what yeah. type of jerk does that? Plays for plays for um, France through the juniors, and then just goes, "I'm not getting a game. Hang on, I'm Spanish now." Disgusting. <laughs> so, so boys, let's go into a real issue here because we do like to hit the real issues. Um, so, Spain are like their squad comparatively. Obviously, we're coming out of a generation which was potentially Spain's greatest ever. Um. I don't think this Spanish team has enough punch up top to worry the big teams. So I'm looking at Gerard Moreno. I'm looking at Murata. I'm looking at Ferran Torres. Adama Torre makes it and he hasn't scored. Like he scored less goals than me. Um, like where, where are the goals going to come from, from for Spain? Yeah, I agree. I think, and I don't think they have like necessarily like that, I don't know, leadership up top two to, to be like a beacon, like your, your Harry Kane type player, your, your Lewandowski. So Rashford, I think, yeah. yeah. Jeez, crazy yeah, about that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But all um, the all the midfielders are look like you know your ball playing. Danny Olmo is a bit of a wild card in this one because he could, I think he could do wonderful things. But they've got a bunch mm. of defensive midfielders and a bunch of like winger slash not prolific strikers. Not a well thought out team, it seems. The good players, but just. I mean, he yeah. had the he had the opportunity to bring two more players, and he decided not to. So <laughs> they've only got themselves to blame. But who do you reckon starts in goals for them? Do you reckon Simon from I think Simon, Gubau? yeah. Simon, yeah. They seem, they seem mean, to like him and De Gea yeah, hasn't really played. That's what I mean. You can't, I feel like you can't start De Gea and Sanchez is just the young guy they brought in from Brighton. So, yeah, like, it has to be why Simon. Is he, why is he there? Like, I, I, I looked at it and I was like, is that the bloke from Brighton? How did he get the gig at Brighton? That's the first question. <laughs> hey, he, put, he, put, he pushed out, uh, what's the Australian Matt Ryan. Keeper? Matt Ryan. Matt yeah. Ryan. Yeah, I know that. That came out of nowhere. That Chocolate doesn't room. get you in Spain's Euro squad. Yeah. <laughs> but apparently it does. I don't, I don't see do. um, goals being that big of a problem job. You look at when they won the World Cup in 2010, um, mm. they only scored four goals in the knockout round. Four yeah, 1-0 victories and they won the World Cup and they didn't really play with the striker at all. So 
yeah, I think if anyone can go without a striker, um, it'll be Spain. I think yeah. um, they should be able to like pass teams to death and sort of you know choke them out slowly. That's why I reckon they're under they'll be underestimated by some other teams in the tournament. And yeah, they could go under the radar a bit. Like they haven't really got a superstar in that team. Like not that some of the other teams have got. Could so, work in their favour. Yeah, yeah, I think it could. All right, boys, I'm going to put my neck out here and I'm going to say they are not going to get in the top two of this group. I'm going to go Slovakia and Poland and Spain to flop. Um, Barney, what do you reckon? Give me a quick one too. Uh, I've got uh, Spain number one, Poland two. Hoss? Cool. Yeah, same. Same. Sure. Spain top, Poland second. All right. All right, so let's move on to – I think it's it's all been leading to this, hasn't it? So Group F, yeah. the group of death. Poor Hungary. If this if this was 1954, honestly, Hungary would be absolutely licking their lips. But it's not. Pushkas <laughs> has since left us. So we've got in this group we have France, Germany, Hungary, and a very hungry Cristiano Ronaldo leading Portugal. <laughs> Barney, I'll, I'll throw it over to you first. What gets you most excited about this group and then who's going to win it? I think the shining light for Hungary in this is that they have the highest attendance out of any of the stadiums in mm. this tournament. So that's that's them their win for the, the tournament. Can they fill it? Are they allowed to fill it with COVID regulations? Because that could they, genuinely be a factor against Wembley. They can fill 64,000. I think it's 75% maybe uh, or 80%. But, um, yeah, we'll move on from them. So I think France, I mean, we talked about them like, like you talked about them four years ago and you'd be like, geez, that team had some depth and it only seems to have gotten even better. It's unreal. They're like the – like squad they've got, they have like they'd have to be tournament favourites, I think. Um, but I, I liked this uh, little little interview with Giroud earlier in the week, where so Benzema a few years ago came out and said that he's an F one driver and uh, Giroud is a go kart driver. And so this week <laughs> in interview, Giroud said, "If if we win the Euros, I'll race Benzema in go karts." <laughs> Quality. <laughs> so everyone's everyone's hoping France win this tournament. But so I think on that Barney. So just a quick question. So do you think? Um, Didier Deschamps saw this group and thought, "Shit, I better go and get Benzema back." <laughs> Potentially, <laughs> I mean, not like they really needed it. He's like, "Oh, here I got picture rude. Oh, Griezmann. Oh, Mbappe. Oh, I might need Benzema as well just to get us through." But I mean, he does add. He definitely makes the squad better. Um, and yeah, nice timely return to the national team. Uh, I've got Germany down. Uh, I know I had said Spain could go one or two ways. I think Germany could actually uh, implode as well. Yogi Lowe's last tournament and it just all goes wrong. We know what happened last tournament. They were uh, horrible. So it could potentially be on for another implosion. You never know. Yeah, I, I when you said, Jobber, before about what gets you excited about this group, I'd say Germany underperforming. That's That gets me excited. <laughs> really? You boys don't yeah. like them? Oh, yeah, they're all right. I don't know. This, I think it was the last last World Cup. Then they had an absolute shocker, and uh, it's something really satisfying about that. Um, there, was, good, there was something satisfying about that because right. I think before that they had a bit of arrogance about them because they had that depth like France do now and stuff like that, and they were performing very well. And then to just to see them shut up but a little bit. See, I, I look at Germany's squad and then compare that to Spain. And I'm like, Germany's squad looks like a well balanced squad. Mm. Like they have yeah. the right players who can play the right role at the right times. Like as opposed to Spain, we're like, oh, you can stick him there, Murata will go up top. But like you look at at 
um, Germany. They've got a good mix of youth and experience. They've got obviously a strong core from Bayern Munich and Neuer, Sula, uh, a couple of boys in there from Leipzig who play good footy. Tony Cruz in the midfield. Like you can't, you you can't like, you can't. I think they'll do well. Yeah, I think they will do well. Top? Who are they going to do play up top? I think that that's, yeah, a, that's a rule of last game. Right? Yeah, they won't score goals, mate. He's still wearing his yeah. medal. <laughs> you got you got Havertz there as well. Um, like he's fairly handy. Thomas Muller awesome. finds a way to score goals when you need him. Musiala is really exciting by Munich. You got Leroy Sane in there, pinch a few as well. Kevin Voland's like quick and gives you something different. Like there's there's you, goals you in there. You, you can't play them all. Like they they normally. Like I think I see their problem similar to um, Portugal's problem, where they've got a lot of players who are really similar, and so you're going to have to um, miss some of them out. And their squad isn't that amazing to the point where once you sit one of those players, um, it really hurts you. Like you look at their midfield, where they're going to play Kimmich, Cruz, and what Gundogan in there? Like just Good, no uh, Goretzka, I think goes in there. You got Kimmich, Goretzka, Cruz. I like, that's start the best Cruz. midfield. That's the best midfield in the competition. Yeah, like see, I, I think they'll get absolutely run off their legs. Obviously, they're rather technical. Um, but, yeah, I just think they'll get absolutely smashed if they, they play those three um, through the middle. I don't, I don't know. I think, like, I've, have you seen the state of Goretzka lately? Holy shit. He, he, he is a bit physical, yeah. Stone, and he looks like he run through a brick wall. I think him, the, the dynamism between him and Kimmich in that centre of the midfield, I think is going to be so important in this tournament. And I he think, looks like he could play Superman <laughs> in a movie. He should play Superman. Like a Clark might, Kent, yeah. yeah. He might. Um, I think he's been training with Lewandowski. Honestly, that's, that's apparently other. it is. They, they focused on like weight training heavily during the year because they're like, we're just going to be the biggest and strongest and it's paid off. But I, I think they're a genuine dark horse for the whole tour. Like, well, yeah. called Germany I, a dark horse. Yeah, I think, I think we've got to defo- redefine what dark horse actually is because you've now called Germany <laughs> And Italy. who is it in Group A? Yeah, Italy, Turkey. a dark horse. Oh, Turkey, <laughs> yeah, they're a dark horse. Yeah. Both of them have won World Cups in the past 20 years. Two of them are like some of the most successful international teams yeah, of all they're, time. But they're, they're, like, they're sleeping on, they're under the radar. Um, yeah. All right, so let's move on to the other team that um, everyone's quite excited about. So, Sean, I know you're very excited about the attacking options of Portugal. Can they can they cause? Well, is it an upset, Barney? Is it okay that I can say if, if Portugal win this group, <laughs> is it an upset? Like uh, won a World Cup. I think they're, I think they're the ones everyone's expecting to finish third, but I really? think they'll get out of the group. No, yeah. see, I'm reading this group much differently to you guys. I I think um, like Portugal got that golden generation coming through at the moment compared to yeah. what they what they've ever had. They're the defending champs, um, so I think they got. Um, like some real selection problems similar to, to Germany where I think their squad's decent but it's like flat, if you know what I mean. Yeah. I think you've got a lot of like, um, like obviously high-quality players in there but some of them are going to have to sit out and, and you're going to have to make up um, make up the numbers from there. Like what are you going to play up top if you're, if you're um, Portugal? Jao Felix, Ronaldo... Ronaldo. Well, yeah, Ronaldo's first in every, <laughs> Ronaldo every game. Ronaldo and whoever he picks in like this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Then, then you've got, you got Jota, but uh, like Jao Felix, he, he tends to come a bit deeper. Then, then he's going to get in Bernardo Silva's way and then Fernandez is in there as well. But they normally play two at the bottom. So then only one of those can play. You can't play um, both of them. So I think I think they've got some um, selection troubles to work through as well. But I think, um, yeah, this is it for Portugal and and it's probably um, one of Ronaldo's last runs uh, at a trophy. So I hope they do well for him. 
Um, I see Germany probably finishing third. Um, I think yeah, France will top I the agree. group by by a stretch. I think they're um, probably the favourites for the tourney, to be honest. So I see them topping that group. I see Portugal coming in um, second. I think Germany will qualify via a third place um, because I think they'll take points off Hungary and then potentially pinch a point in one of the other games to get four points to go through. Yeah, I, I tend to agree. I think France to go through and then I can't really pick it out of Germany and Portugal, but I do see those three teams all just absolutely pounding Hungary. There's going to be a lot of goals. <laughs> oh, right my God. There. Poor Hungary. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be really – always get up for the Hungary whoever game because I think you're going to see some goals and it's going to be very entertaining. Um, but, uh, yeah, Germany and Portugal can't, can't pick split the two at this stage. I think I think you've got to start uh, Jota up front with Ronaldo because yeah. he's going to do all his dirty work that Ronaldo isn't going to track back and defend or do anything and Jota will do all that for you. Um, so, yeah, I think today you like to play three up front or what yeah. how do they usually say? Yeah. The, so, I think Jota and yeah, Felix either side of Ronaldo, that would that would be very tasty or even Bernardo Silva on one of those sides. Yeah, I think I think you're probably not going to see Jao Felix play in one of those wide positions. I think you're probably going to have to either drop him deeper because they play with two at the base of their their midfield as well. So, and I think to get the proper service to Ronaldo, you probably want a genuine winger. So, yeah, mm. I think it's tough to play those inverted wingers um, if you're trying to service Ronaldo. When they played France, and I think it was the Nations League, um, I remember on the podium we were quite excited about the fixture, and it was very, very one-sided. Like I think it was a relatively tight score for memory, but like you could just see the disparity between the two teams, and then Portugal had Ronaldo sitting up top. And then just space, and then them trying to like you know keep up with France and it just didn't work. And as you said, mm. Tron, I think they are trying. Like you've got to try and get square pegs and round holes here because they have a shitload of world class um, attacking midfielders, and then not much mm. else. Like you look at the back line, the yeah. average age of the centre backs is about four hundred. You've got um, yeah. Jose Fonte yeah. and Pepe, Ruben Dias, yeah, like, yeah, Pepe, Pepe's still playing. They're still playing well. Um, who starts next to Diaz? Who do you reckon? Fonte or I think it's Pe- Pepe? Pepe. You've got to go with yeah. Pepe. Pepe. So Portugal has got the duty of kicking the shit out of people. Yeah. Portugal gets out of the group stage, but Pepe doesn't because he gets red cards. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's two red cards and two against Hungary. Pepe is horrendously – I know it's – again, he's a horrendously underrated defender. Um, He just gets a really bad reputation. But I think he'll be in there and, again, obviously mm-hmm. that experience. But, the, like, it's the, just going to be so hard to keep up with France. The the big miss for um Portugal is Neto as well. I think he, he – ACL, I think he's done. So, yeah, um, yeah I think he was their, like, genuine uh, winger. And I think if you're... Servicing um, Ronaldo. If you're Santos, yeah, servicing Ronaldo, I, you'd just love to have two wings in there and just whipping balls in because um, that's where he's going to get his goals. Um, and, I, yeah, I think they're obviously their defense is a little bit weaker um, than, say, uh, Germany's or France. So I think that, that might cause yeah. them some trouble. I don't think they'll go as deep as um, what they did last time, which is um, no real surprise, based on the defence. So if you look at their tournament in 2016, they hardly conceded a goal, and similar to when Spain won it, um, just got a lot of one nils. I think they only won one or two games in normal time, that whole tournament, and, and won the whole thing. So, yeah, I can't see them keeping that, um, that many clean sheets. All right, so I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Germany, France, Portugal, and then Hungary to be the cellar dwellers, and probably not score a goal would be the risky one there. So, like to see it. 
<laughs> Love to see it. So that brings us to the end of our allotted hour. Um, I think we're about an hour and three, so that's not too bad. So if you want to get in touch with us at the show, it's footballplaytonpaper at gmail.com, Facebook footballplaytonpaper, Instagram at footballonpaper, and Twitter at footballonpods. Any closing remarks from you boys? Sean? I'm just writing down that email. Thanks, so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Closing remarks. Closing remarks. I'm probably best on again. Uh, Jobber not far behind. Um, Barney long, long way behind. Um, and Hans is right behind Barney. Yeah, um, I'll take it. Yeah. I'm sick of carrying this pod. Yeah. All right, boys. Nick, uh, Thursday we're going through a couple of tips, aren't we, for the tournament? Um, so yeah, I look we'll be doing predictions that. as well. Predictions. Yep. Some big and ones. I think, I think we're all going to have to pick a team to jump on a bandwagon of. So um, I might do one. something. I might do something at random and show you. Drew Scotland. Um, so <laughs> we'll see better from there. So, all right. Better than Barney's hungry, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> all right. That'll do us, boys. All right. Cheers. <laughs>